Welcome to Full Stack Business Owner. Today, we're answering questions from you, the listeners, the community. And if you do want your questions answered, there are two ways to submit them. First one is if you're part of the newsletter, just hit reply to those emails. We'll receive them and actually answer them in these episodes. And the second one is if you're in the Facebook group, which is Full Stack Business Owner Community, just hit up your questions and ask them there and we will answer them in these episodes. Now, before we get started, let's cue Charlie's infamous good-looking disclaimer. Charlie here from Full Stack Business Owner. I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Full Stack Business Owner team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice or pick investment products. We highly encourage you seek out and engage the use of professionals when making financial decisions or comparing investment products. All right, Charlie, diving into this, I'm just going to straight out ask this one. Why do most business owners fail at wealth creation? What a great question. I love this question. Now, believe it or not, I have spent many, many hours thinking about the same thing. I really have. I'm curious, have you thought about this at all, Grant? (laughs) Heaps. Only because upon reflection, I'm like, why am I not doing this well (laughs) until more recently? Yeah, there's this... um One of the things I think is very um, helpful when you're learning uh, a new skill, right, is you look at like, okay, what are the things that people are doing wrong and then just don't do them? (laughs) Don't do what Donnie don't does. Yeah, well, in cycling particularly, this was very helpful for me when I was like racing. I was like looking at all the areas people went wrong with it. And like, you know, for, for example, people would go too hard early in the race and then they had no gas to finish. I was like, okay, well, now that I know this, I can like bring that in and it reduces my chance of failure. So when it comes to like wealth creation, I think it is very much a skill and I wanted to approach it in some of the same way. So again, I must say I got a little bit obsessed with this topic. And the reason I got so obsessed with this topic is because I think pretty much every business owner I know got into business to create a significant amount of wealth. And they'll hide behind that comment though and go, oh, I just want to be comfortable. Yeah, I just want options. Yeah, I want to have options, you know, things like that. You know, I, want, I just want to have some freedom, all of which cre- uh, require a significant amount of wealth or financial gain to do so. So there's this huge intent, yet there's a very, very low amount of people who achieve it. And uh, I, I've come to the conclusion that there's like probably four main categories that I think it comes into, and there's like layers between them. We don't have time to cover them all today, but I'll give some of them today. I think number one, is that when a lot of business owners start making money because business is like really hard, right? So they grind it out for years. They finally get to a place where they're making some money and then they feel like they deserve nice things. <laughs> Wait, so, what? I don't yeah, know. Yep. They upgrade their lifestyle. They start yep. buying cars and expensive holidays and bigger houses. They basically spend their money on everything except wealth creation. But that's what all the wealth, that's what all the people, the influencers are doing, Charlie. That's, I see movie stars with it. I see other successful business owners with it. Warren Buffett's just weird in his old car, but that that is exactly what I'm told that success looks like. Well, case in point, right? Warren Buffett ended up super rich, like a lot of business owners don't, right? <laughs> I'm glad you got that layup. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was that was relatively that was a nice one. I appreciate that. But it's like really fascinating because um because business is so hard, we feel like we need to signal that we've done well at it and this is okay. how we do it. I, I'm not, I'm not um, how can I put this? I've done this as well. I'm not pretending like I didn't do it. I'm not like better than now. I just had to learn this lesson as well. 
I I once spent I don't even remember the whole amount, but it's like like 150 grand on a four wheel drive. <sighs> I did like that four wheel drive though. Oh, it was a beautiful car. No one's denying the beautifulness of the car, but should I have bought it in counter to my wealth creation goals? We'll say maybe. It's like it was probably not the right purchase at that time with the opportunities available to me. So that's point one. Uh, Point two, I'm going to go into this right here, is um, a lack of business owner skills. I think a lot of business owners are very inefficient. I really do. And I think the reason they stay stuck in their business is maybe they're like great technicians. They're really good at the thing they do, but they never develop that business owner skill set they need to run like an efficient business where they would have the capacity to then build wealth or do things in that way. Very, very evident. And um, you only have to look at how many business owners are working their ass off but can't read a balance sheet to realize that there's a mismatch in skill development, particularly in financials, I notice, is a huge one as well. Number three, I'm going to say that a lot of people just don't have the right network or mentors, right? So they're like playing their version of keeping up with the Joneses. It's just that the Joneses they're trying to keep up with aren't wealthy. (laughs) Well, in comparison, they're doing very well. It makes them feel good about themselves. Uh, I'm not sure that's a game I want to play. What's that Naval <laughs> quote? It's like, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yep, that's exactly right. <laughs> I, I, I will say, Grant, I recently went to the airport um, and I felt fantastic after being there because I just like I had an early flight and I was in there at um, like, uh, say like 8.30 in the morning and just how many people were like drinking and just oh, smashing gosh. obesely designed meals. And I was like, yeah, I really look after my health. Charlie, good on you. <laughs> it's like, what a low bar. Great, you didn't have a drink before 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. Well done. <laughs> you, you're you a good business owner. <laughs> yeah, but it's like if you're in a network where everyone's like, I, I would just say like they might be making a little bit of money. I'm not saying they're not, but it's like if you ain't hanging around with people that are wealthy or who have achieved that or got the mentors that have done it, your chances of achieving wealth are quite low, very yep. low. And then uh, the final point I'll make on this is that a lot of business owners just aren't educated on how to build wealth. And again, on this show, we're very uh, dominant with the view that if you are a business owner, how you may approach wealth building probably going to be a little bit different than someone who is employed, but at the same time, even spending time getting educated. And I, I know we both had this epiphany that it was like, well, how much time have you spent educating yourself on business? And it's like 99% of my time. Yep. And then how much on wealth? Maybe half a percent. And then the other half is on like health. <laughs> yeah, personal. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about you, but it's like I'm pretty sure if I'm spending very little time educating myself on wealth, I don't have any friends or network or mentors that are wealthy. I don't have business owner skills, so I'm always busy on my business and then I'm continually spending my money on new four-wheel drives and cars and holidays and things. That's pretty much the recipe for failing at wealth creation. Yeah, that is interesting because it's not like if you have one, you win at all the others. It is very much a bit of like a recycle wheel, like it's an ecosystem, a flywheel, if you will. Like, for example, if you have a not a lack of business owner skills and you actually have good business owner skills – but you still seek status and not wealth, the whole thing kind of breaks, right? But even on the other side, if you've got good business owner skills, but then you don't have a network that supports pushing you for something greater, it's again, it falls apart. How many business owners do you know that are limited by a glass ceiling by people that they surround themselves with? Other people who are just not ahead of where they're at. They're either at the same level or below. It means that that's, that's as far as they're going to be able to get. And so I always found this interesting where if you look at those four points that you've shared, 
they are not in isolation. It's not like you, you should have one. It's almost like you need them all because then they all just continue to repeat on themselves. But it's not the fact that you need to have one. So for example, it's not that you need to be able to know how to read financial statements. It's actually that there's steps within it, right? So for example, what gets you here will not necessarily get you there. So I will get to a level of revenue in a business or in my wealth. And I go, cool, I'm here. And my network's all here and it's kind of all good. And I go, great, how am I going to get to the next level? Well, I need new business owner skills. I need the next set of mentors. And I need to get beyond my current level of belief on wealth to the next level of my belief on wealth. So I continually need to add on top of it. It is not a game that you play once. It's not like a three-year university degree. No, no, no. I wish. This is a perpetual, like this thing will forever go on in your life. Or if it doesn't, you will just get to a point and kind of stagnate. You'll plateau and you'll just pause. I love the way you've thought about that, excluding maybe the wired to seek status one. Like that is one you can probably eliminate once. And The the only thing that I had was belief around money, like limiting belief. So if you saw wealth as I need to earn X cash flow and then you hit that and if you don't move that, right, you'll forever sort of stay within there. That's the only way that I interpreted that one. But you're right, it's more like a light switch on the concept of status and wealth. Yeah, apart from that one, the other three, I completely agree. There's like levels within levels within levels. And I I think we're still growing through levels ourselves. I'm not going to claim perfectionism here, but I think you definitely, there are deeper games to play. And I kid you not, it was only last week, I would consider myself someone who's quite strong at financials. Like I actually, like one of my like uh, (laughs) secret joys is like I feel like I can go head to head with an accountant at actually reading financials. But uh, as only last week, I learned a ton of new things about uh, balance sheets and just how they can be done. And I was like, wow, there's different games. It really is different games and understandings and learning about, again, just not to uh, dive deep into that point, but just realizing that it's never done. Yeah. And I think for anyone who's listening to this that goes, Charlie, they are four very serious and deep points. Like, How would you recommend that they start sort of attacking this? Like, because- and if I'm sitting there saying, you know what, I am wired to seek status, not wealth. You know what, I, I do know that I lack business owner skills because I can't get more out of my business or whatever it is. I know that I have a low quality network. And you know what, I know my wealth education is probably non-existent. What is the, the first thing that they should do besides crawl up into a ball and go, oh shit, I need to contribute this more. to the full stack newsletter. That's it. I love it. I'm glad you got the second layup. I was going to say, was that just like a shameless plug layup? That was perfect. I love that one. No, well, this is the whole reason we designed this show, right, is that I personally felt, and I will say this, I didn't feel like there was anything in Australia and still isn't besides Full Stack that really focuses on Australian business owners who want to achieve uh, wealth inside and outside of business. So I'm hopeful that people are listening to this show and it's like expanding their mind and thoughts to focus on these things. Our show covers all of these areas, and I think we've even got specific topic. Have we got specific episodes on nearly all of these? I think we do. Basically, do. Yep. Yeah. So I would start there, and then probably if I'm going to be very, very intentional about this, I feel like the first two areas to work on in this one are going to be uh, network and mentors, because I feel like that is a great springboard to help you select uh, things, and then education, like and this brand being that education piece. If you start with those two. That's going to be a great starting point for anyone and they can expand deeper into all of them. And it was actually interesting. Like, I remember when you and I were having conversations of like how, like we're about our wealth 
And then it expanded into, oh, wouldn't it be great if people could just be part of these conversations and hear the concepts we're talking about and the challenges we're presenting to each other? Because when we went out and started talking to other people, they're like, well, where are you learning this? <laughs> How are you thinking about this? What are you doing? How are you approaching all of these things? Which is exactly where we started this. And so when you think about that network and mentor play, literally we can be that first step of a network for you right? Like this is people who are looking to push beyond where they're currently at in their business and where they're currently at with their wealth, where it's not like it needs to be this, oh, where am I going to find a mentor? Where am I going to do this? How am I going to approach that? No, no, no. We are your first step number one. And this podcast is that step. But even to preface that, the, the one thing I do want to say is about egos. Like when I was growing up, I did have a decent ego. Oh, I, wait, did. Interesting yeah. word. <laughs> well, I'm trying to make my sound, yeah. myself sound not too bad. <laughs> no, no, you've def- you definitely are a humble guy in general, I will say. And so when I would look at these things, like the first thing that I would very rarely do is actually believe that I was the one with the challenge or I was the one with the problem. So if my business was not doing too well, it was typically the client's fault or an employee's fault or something like that. And in this game of business and wealth, it all comes back to you the business owner. Ultimate responsibility. Yep. And just like Alcoholics Anonymous gets everybody to do, you need to accept that there is a gap and you are the reason for the gap. And that is fine. But you're not actively going to fill that and fill these four points that we've just covered off unless you look at them and say, yep, there are things I've bought that are status. Yep. I haven't done much wealth education. Yep. My network and mentors might be holding me back. And yep. I probably need to improve my business owner skills because I can't read a financial statement. And like that, you have to just get over that barrier and then everything else is just going to be a snowball pushing down a hill. Don't you find it interesting? I've actually come across this a few times where it's like I've met business owners where they feel like it's their business is the reason they can't generate wealth. Yes, it's like the, the opportunity isn't good enough. Yeah, industry's changing. The niche is different. Like I now see these guys making all this money. I'm like, no, your competitors are doing quite well. <laughs> I can assure you in every industry, there's someone making a killing. The difference is the business owner. Yeah, or otherwise the industry wouldn't be around. And that that is like, that is, if anyone like listens to these four points and is like, no, there's none of that. I'm I'm fine with all of them. Just think about that point. (laughs) What do you think the number one reason is business owners don't build wealth? Yeah. So I, it would, for me, it comes back down to the people they surround themselves with. What is, if you, what's the saying? If you show me, the five people surrounding an individual, I'll show you what that type of individual is. And it's the same as like, you show me someone's calendar and I'll show you their priority. And so if you're surrounded by people who are significantly ahead of you, you will get brought, brought forwards. Same as buying the worst house on the best street. That house gets brought forwards with everything else. And I think that would be the first thing I'd work on. Make sure you are consuming and surrounded by the right information about around the right people and not people who are validating the position you're currently in. People who are challenging, could you be better? This is what I'm doing. Complete transparency, this is how I think about things. And you go, wow, I've never thought about that before. So that that would be the first thing that I would start on. Awesome question. I love that question. Dude, I, I, could, I could riff off that question all day, every day. But in typical full stack style, let's progress on to the second question. Charlie, thinking about this, we've been to events recently are in-person events back? Is this now a thing? Like, is this, are we back in 2019 now? Like, can, can we do these things? 
so th- this is like a uh, I want to like direct from the hip, yes or no answer from you. Do you think in person events are back? Yes, I uh, yes. All right, that's it. With so I get to say we get to come back to long answers. <laughs> I agree. So I think top level. I think events are back. I think we can both agree on that in a huge way. Um, I, I almost want to. Um, you've recently gone to an event and you were the speaker at the event. Yep. What was it like being in a room again and connecting with people? Did you notice, like, in compared to the previous two years where we haven't had events and that interaction? Do you think we went too far and in person is where it's at now? Can we do more of this stuff online or virtually? How are you feeling towards the whole event ecosystem and the in-person ecosystem? Yeah, so uh, I love the entire experience, going on a plane, flying to the Gold Coast, talking to this group. But it was actually interesting. It's almost like the people around you have not had this before or it's been so long that they've had it that it's almost like they've overcorrected. And they're so accommodating. They're so attentive. They're so they're willing to listen. They just want to be around other people, right? That that encouragement and that inspiration and that environment is infectious. And I, I used to go to events, and I'm like, it would you would always like everyone knows the Tony Robbins, right? You'd walk into a Tony Robbins event, and everyone's like on this reveling on on this high for a week or two after. It almost felt like that in a smaller setting. And I believe it's because these people have not nourished that kind of face-to-face networking, that group camaraderie in a long period of time. And so I actually think that people are coming back to go and create those connections, go and create those relationships, obviously around whatever topic they're looking at, which is in our sense, it was business owners and, and wealth creation. Um, but for me, it was it was absolutely exhilarating. I loved everything about it. But it was, it was fascinating because I was looking at this saying, well, what are people doing in the event space now? And I've seen more and more events doing what I'm calling the hybrid, right? Where they're having an in-person event and then streaming it live, right? It's like, have you seen those church events where like they've got the cameras set up and things and like so the elderly people who can't sort of leave their retirement village or home and they can just still go to church and stream it and sort of get what the pastor's saying and all those kind of things real time, but they just don't need to leave their home. But for those people who want to go and have coffee with everybody and do all that kind of stuff can I'm seeing that now come into this sort of event space. Where yeah, I'm seeing everyone up. who invested in streaming equipment trying to make the most out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go put the streaming equipment in a bigger room. Yeah, um, I, so- I guess that's a really good use case though. Like if you're a church and let's say you have a, a large amount of people who are maybe elderly and you know getting around is, is not as convenient as it once was, I can totally see the value proposition in that and that's the difference between someone having no sense of community and a little bit of a sense of community. Like I see value in that. I think that's great. If you're a young, able and willing business owner and you're electing to go to the streaming version of an event rather than the impersonal, I think you've got to check your priorities. (laughs) Now, did I say that I would do the virtual versus the face-to-face? The reason I walked through that is I wholeheartedly believe that the face-to-face is always going to be the preference of everybody. Why? Because the deals get done at the drinks after the event. The, the brushing the shoulders with other people in the same business does not happen in a virtual room. That happens by me coincidentally going there by myself, sitting next to a guy that I'm like, oh, wow, we're in the same niche. This is interesting. What do you do? Right? You just can't have those casual interactions by being virtual, even though a lot of these places are going to this hybrid now of where well, you can't go face-to-face or you can't go virtual. And I'm just like, it's an interesting thing to see 
whether people might try and, like Australian business owners might try and rest on their laurels and say, you know what, I'm not going to fly over to the United States to go to an event because I can consume the same amount of education. And if you're thinking about an event only for the education piece, you're thinking about events wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah, I almost and, feel like they should just give you a recording of the actual content to watch after. Yes. Because uh, in all likelihood in the business events I've been to, in particular the one I just went to, most people were, uh, let's just say, a little bit hungover from the night before and probably didn't <laughs> consume the content at a level they perhaps would if they were at home. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's understanding how to play. And, and to that point, like I was actually at another event on Friday uh, with two people that we work very close with, Charlie, and it was fascinating how minimal they consumed of the education that was being provided and how it was just a massive network play. It was how do I ask the specific questions I want answered from the speakers during a Q&A session? And how do I go and brush shoulders with potential clients, but also potential employees, but also potential sort of partners that we can work with? And it was just, it was so interesting how 98% of the rest of the room went there with notepads and pens and going education, 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 even though the event said, we will send you recordings on the slides via email after it. And these guys are like, that's fine. I'm going to consume it there. <laughs> They're like, I'm just going to come here for networking, see what's up, see what people are talking about and meet the speakers. Yeah, and like, that is so different. Yeah, there's, um, I'm sure you know of Jay Abraham as well, I dare say. So uh, Jay Abraham um, became quite famous for one of these concepts. And I say one of, right, he's got a lot of really great concepts. I'm a big fan of Jay. But um, he said one of the things that he did amazingly well at was what he used to do was well, he would go and study an industry and then he would go and study another industry and he would try and work out what he could take from what each industry does. And yep. then by being able to take ideas that were working in one industry and bring it into another one, he was able to generate massive profits. So, again, it's like, you know, what are internet marketers doing well? And you go, okay, cool, they're doing these funnels. And there goes, all right, well, if I take these funnels and apply it to the health industry or whatever it is, that he would often be able to find massive uptide. It's just because no one in those industry even knew these ideas existed. Yep, That's what I feel like events are. So, like, the event I was just at, it's really fascinating that in the last few years, you and I have been focused in particular areas. And it's like you just assume everyone else has been focused in these areas as well. <laughs> you do so, think so. Yeah, I'm like, oh, what do you mean you guys haven't been doing wealth creation in the last couple of years? Like, what, what have you been doing? What else were you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like you actually find out, well, there's all these areas that they've been focusing on that you haven't, that potentially you get the opportunity to kind of swipe and deploy in your own way. Yep. And when I say swipe and deploy, I'm not saying copy. But uh, I must say that was the big thing for me. It was like I went and spoke with a group of very clever business owners that have done really well in the last couple of years. And my biggest insight is they've basically been doing nothing I've been doing and been killing it. What would happen if I took those ideas and incorporated them into what I was doing? Like how much upside could exist? And I think that um, that's what you get to create from these in-person events. It's like a jarring of seeing that difference. Of course, you have to be open-minded to it. And you mentioned like the ego thing earlier today about, you know, if you go into it just assuming that everything you're doing is right and, you know, I'm the shit and you should all be copying me, right? I think you miss the opportunities to see that. Yep. And I, I just think it's a very, very clever way to uh, just shortcut the learnings, get the learnings of a group and just bring it into your life really, really quickly. Now, if you didn't go to that event, would you have met those people and had those conversations? No. Yep. And that's, that is the, the power of these in-person events. 
like for, for Australian business owners listening to this, whether it's for events for your business, whether you're trying to go to an event to, for example, find new clients, like it might be an event. I'm, I'm a mortgage broker and I'm looking for people looking to buy houses. I might go to a first home buyers thing, right? Cool. Pretty easy. Or if it's an event to go and brush shoulders with the people in the same niche. Well, I might be an internet marketer and I want to go and play with all the other internet marketers to see what they're all there doing. And I can try and get some information to improve what I'm delivering. Or continuing on the other side, maybe I'm going to try and find a mentor or something like that. But also for personal wealth creation, it could be going to a wealth seminar. It could be going to a, an investment seminar or something like that, right? Having these, going to these types of events opens not only the information that you're consuming that you might not consume if you're sitting in front of the computer or sitting in front of the TV and it's actually got you scheduled in so you're accountable to deliver, to go and get it and receive the information and see the people, but actually opens up these encounters that you just touched on, which was things that you never would have had before if you didn't go to these events. Like you just never would, you don't know what you don't know and that goes for the people as well. If you don't have these random encounters, your concepts of what success looks like and wealth looks like and all these things, you just will never get broadened outside of what you consume on the internet or in books. I wholeheartedly agree. What a great question we got in there. I think we're going to have to wrap this one up for today though, Grant. What an awesome topic and please, I encourage people to send in more questions. Amen. But Charlie, I absolutely love uh, the community sending through questions. So again, if you do want to send through absolutely anything, uh, reply back to any of the emails that we send out through the newsletters jump onto the full stack business owner community on Facebook and go and send through any questions that you do have and be sure to check out the new episode that's coming out. And we look forward to actually interacting with you and answering your questions on the next episode of full stack business owner.